0: Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor. And today, our guest is Tom Nixon. Tom is the regional coordinator for Towards Zero Deaths. Tom, welcome back to Community Focus.
1: Uh, Thank you very much for having me.
0: Uh, Again, if you will, uh, for our listeners that might not be familiar with Towards Zero Deaths, tell us about that organization.
1: Thank you. Uh, The Minnesota Towards Zero Deaths program was started in 2003, in response to seeing our, our continual uh, uptick in crashes and, and, unfortunately, fatal and serious injury crashes. And as they look back at the trend, they saw that, that line kept going in the wrong direction. So as they were bringing together state leaders, they looked for who should be at the table to have this discussion. And our four pillars um, being the engineering side of things, where they're looking at the roadway and how can we change the safety of the roadway, the enforcement side of things, where when people are not following the rules and using that infrastructure the way it's intended, uh, they're going to try to change that behavior. We have educators that are going to explain how that infrastructure works and the risks of not following the rules. And then we have the the healthcare system, the response system, uh, fire and EMS, and the trauma system. That, as uh, you know, incidents do occur. Uh, sometimes it seems it's almost like we couldn't have had prevented that from happening. Uh, that's where we look to save those lives where maybe in the past we weren't able to. So those four groups come together and TZD. And then we have the the fifth E, which is everyone. Um, we all have a part to play in making yeah. this continually. So we're looking to change the trajectory of our, our, our data uh, and, more importantly, saving more lives on our roadways. And that's where it's towards zero deaths.
0: Um, how are we doing so far? Or maybe we should say, how did we do last year? Yeah. Uh, uh, it was a crazy year. The pandemic, it seemed to me there was fewer cars on the road, but more people doing crazier things. Is it safe <laughs> to say that? I'm I'm thinking
1: specifically of some of the speeds speeding. we saw. Yeah. You you are correct. And, you know, I think that uh, in many ways, 2020 will go down in history with one we're going to watch and decide what happened, um, armchairing it. But from, from a very just simple level, uh, we didn't do very well when we were trying to reach our goal of zero deaths in in 2020. We had uh, finished off the year with losing 398 lives on our roads. Um, Mm. That's up from 364 in 2019. Mm. So that number in itself is is just a number. Um, But when we think of all of the tables that were left empty, the jobs that didn't get done, the the people that weren't part of the day, um, that's unfortunate. As of today, Uh, We're at 12 uh, as compared to 17 this time last year, so we're starting out on a better foot. We had a lot of year left to go, and who knows what 2021 will bring. Um, One small thing about this year at 12, uh, already two of those are pedestrians. Just a small reminder then when we think about as the days are short and the light is, is less, we need to be working to be as visible as we can. The law does not require you to wear reflective or bright clothing, but think about where you're walking if you have any ability to avoid uh uh extra traffic and and walk predictably use the infrastructure you know that is available to you. So yeah, that's where we're at. We did not cap off 2020 uh very well. 364 in 2019, 398 last year. Not good.
0: Tom, you uh you mentioned before we went on uh, something called stop the bleed. Uh, explain that.
1: Yeah. So Stop the Bleed program, uh, one of our partners in TCD, the the trauma system, is aimed at trying to prevent those events that uh, would take someone's life in a traumatic event. Uh, when we know that we haven't cut their uh, abrasion, we can treat those things and we put a band-aid on the boo-boo, you know, it gets better. When we're talking about major bleeding, we don't have that uh, ability to wait. We need to act. And what Stop the Bleeds campaign is about, it, it actually came um, from two sources, uh, the Sandy Hook uh, tragedy, where they, after fact, looked at what happened and, and how could they have prevented that. And the trauma system that they had there was well equipped. But in the field, uh, and, and nobody's um, doing this for the sake of trying to blame anybody, but they, at that point, said, you know, we could have done better if we could have treated some of those wounds uh, in in the school or in the in the incidents, and also our our Um, our military unfortunately due to the casualties that we've suffered and the injuries that they've endured we have um, we've learned from those and tourniquets have uh, become something that we're more comfortable with moon packing is something we know is uh, a better than not uh, path to fixing some of those emergencies and it seems like why would you or or i or anybody that's not in the medical field really need to have that right now Stop the Bleed is aimed to talk to every one of us because we could be snowmobiling, we could be uh, uh, farming, we could be happenstance across an incident on the roadway and major bleeding is occurring and we can change that outcome uh, with, with a few simple steps. And I say simple, it's a gut check. You're, you're going to have to have some in, uh, intestinal fortitude to do a job that uh, is not fun. But that major bleeding is, is needing to be controlled. And the Stop the Bleed program goes out and free, will educate an audience um, and they will provide equipment. It's about an hour plus training. Uh, the healthcare systems in this area are all aware of it. And you can reach Essentia or, or Cayuna Regional or Riverwood Healthcare or St. Gabe's, Lakewood. Uh, I hope I'm not missing somebody, but they all have some type of trauma coordination that would be able to help. Set up that type of training. It's not for just certain people. I want you to think of it as it's something available to everyone. So stop the bleed is uh, the program, and if you want more information, you can just Google stop the bleed and uh, connect with a local hospital to get more information on that. But interesting, that's... yeah, well, it's almost like you know people being trained in CPR. You you don't want to ever have to use it, like you said, but uh, this might be the next step. Y- y- perfect example. Yeah, absolutely, and a couple of of uh, people that had. Uh, been able to speak on this topic were people that had been with family members hunting and -hmm. an incident occurred uh, an accidental incident preventable maybe you know but reality is they watched their family member pass away when maybe they had a a moment to do something and really it was only a moment to try to make the difference and and they didn't have that skill set at the time so they are strong emotional supporters of trying to get people to recognize what you Now, uh,
0: I understand you had a chance to uh, visit with some members of the local Minnesota State Patrol Office and uh, to talk about some traffic issues that are happening this time of the year. Where do we start?
1: Well, you know, first of all, our friends in Maroon are busy this time of year. Mm -hmm. And uh, what we've had is a different year. And I I also checked in with our maintenance folks at MnDOT. So I'll touch on both. But we've had a different winter uh, than maybe some years past. And what we're noticing is that People have not been able to get into the habits that they usually would be with them for driving. Just recognizing that the road is going to be ice here for a longer period of time sometimes because the temperatures are low and the material we put down blows off. So people are driving faster. Um, they're still driving distracted. we understand that impairment has gotten better in the lakes area. We know that uh, people still do drive impaired. We, we, we ask that you don't and to make a plan ahead. But the patrol says, you know, slow down. We've we've seen, and you referenced this earlier in the numbers, during the pandemic when volumes decreased in April into June, uh, in, in up into June, we were able to see a lot more high flyers on the uh, rural roadways and uh, the, the interstate system for sure. But surprisingly um, to many people, what we've found is that our data is really reflecting greater Minnesota has a lot of speed Um, I just wanted to quickly touch on a report. I'm going to pull up on my screen, so I'm looking away from the camera here. But um, in East Central here, which is the central part of the state in the area that we're we're talking about, um, in distribution of our our speed crashes, uh, of a a sum of a couple thousand, nearly, 1,800 really, um, 940 occurred on rural roads in Minnesota. And nearly 200 of those were just here in the Lakes area in central Minnesota. Wow that say to us? It, it means that patrol and law enforcement and toll operators and fire departments are busy for people that are, are getting into crashes that are speed related. When we think about what's classified as a speed crash, speed is just uh, uh, thought of as well, you know, it's it's too fast for the posted speed limit. As we all know, there's, there's no minimum speed in Minnesota, but every time you increase your speed over the limit, you give up your right of way. So for those of you that are a a good driver, very attentive, but you're driving over the limit um, by statute, you are giving up your right of way or your less fault if you are driving over that speed. So think about that as a car pulls out in front of you and you don't have the reaction time you should be given. Um, You may be found at part fault because you were going too fast for those conditions or too fast for the limit. Within our part of the state, um, our county road system and our local road system is overrepresented in those crashes. Our state highway system has the the fewest per volume crashes, and we want to remember that when we're on the county road, the township road close to home. Uh, that old adage of you know crashes happen close to home. Uh, wear your seatbelt and and uh, pay attention to that speed and be aware of your surroundings and don't take for granted what you know for that road every day. Something could have fallen off a vehicle. Someone could be backing out to plow snow. What we're seeing is is people are driving faster, uh, and maybe it's due to less volume on the roads. Yeah. But you do better with that.
0: And Tom, if I'm not mistaken, when we see uh, speed limit signs, and they may change on a corner, that's all because engineers have determined safe speeds for uh, a normal condition road, right?
1: Correct. The speeds uh, are. Varied in um, different parts of road geometry, and that's exactly it. The engineers have said, you know, to to use our right of way and to make this curve or to uh, take care of this hill, we need to adjust what the friction the forces are allowing, or what we need to be prepared for is is when those speeds change. And there's an advisory speed with that yellow sign. We we should heed that advice uh, if we know better. Then I guess go ahead and take on that risk. But for the the greater majority of the signing that's out there, it's intended based on the engineering. You should probably use those speeds.
0: And that being said, that's for normal conditions. So now you add in snow and the first thing we should do is slow down, right?
1: Correct. Uh, Snow and and, uh, low light conditions, fog, traffic, uh, deer season, whatever it might be, you have to be prepared for what could change. And realizing that it's, it's not statutorily uh, set so that, you know, you are not going to get a ticket for going 55 in that 45 mile an hour curve. But if you leave the roadway, uh, it, it is clear that that is a speed related crash. You overdrove the condition, whether it was great conditions of dry and full visibility. Um, you weren't able to control the vehicle and failure to negotiate is, is now your fault. That's a good reminder because I don't think people realize that you'd give up part of your, you'd give up your rights then. Correct. Yeah, and it's, a, it's a hard thing because, you know, when I think of uh, all my years on fire and ambulance and we would go to crashes and, um, you know, we would see something bad happen and we would think, gosh, you know, that guy, that gal, she was at fault for this. Sometimes what we really think should happen afterward is is um, what someone else's, you know, omission or mistake or, you know, real error in judgment, but it's a high risk. And when we think of talking to younger drivers, that's what we try to instill on in them is, it's a great responsibility i I don't need to tell adults that they've heard it plenty of times but when we think about that statute side of things what happens afterward you are responsible for staying in your lane and driving responsibly and having control of your vehicle and if that doesn't happen what type of punishment would you be willing to face with the family members of of the other side of that incident if there was some so yeah it's it's a way to look at things um it's important that we try to use that knowledge as best we can. Tom, any other winter driving driving issues that we should address? I think as always, um, don't crowd the plow. The, the space behind the plow is in good shape. I think for your driving safety in that winter, don't travel if you don't have to, uh, when weather events are occurring, keep your fuel tank full. That makes, uh, things just easier for you. Um, Communicate your travel plans to somebody. Make sure somebody knows where you're going uh, because those dark hours where there's maybe not a car coming by, you might be there for a little bit to wait to get for help. Cold weather, uh, cell phones don't last. My favorite one here is wear appropriate clothing. Um, I think that many times we climb in the car with a pair of tennis shoes and a light coat because the car had a remote starter and it's ready to go. And, you know, most of the time today, cars, they don't have issues traveling down the road. Most of the time they do just fine. But do you have a warm coat and a pair of gloves and maybe a pair of boots with you just in case you had to make a little walk to some house or something to get uh, service or whatever it might be? Be prepared and just have those supplies. Have that have them there what you might need. Very good. Maybe it's a, a flashlight. Maybe it's a snack, <laughs> an extra blanket. But having those things with you is important.
0: We're going to wrap up here today, Tom, but uh, we appreciate you visiting with us and talking about these important winter traffic safety issues, and we'll look forward to talking to you again.
1: Thank you very much. Uh, I, I apologize, technology, if it's giving us a challenge today. I only have what I have, but I, uh, the WJJY and uh, your group completely makes to have these topics covered is greatly appreciated. Thank you very much.
0: You're very welcome, Tom. Thank you. Our guest today is Tom Nixon. He is the regional coordinator for Towards Zero Deaths. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. Don't forget our Community Focus programs can be found anytime right on our website. Just go to 1067wjjy.com.
1: You can also listen through our free downloadable app, and that's powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.